Good morning, everybody. We want to welcome you to our online service here at the Hartville Free Baptist Church. I want to invite you just to sit back and to relax, and, but yet get your, get your word out. Uh, get your Bible out. If you're using your app, you might want to get another device to look on. We have the notes for today online. If you use the YouVersion Bible app, you can go to your menu, events, and you can uh, pull up uh, events. Put in Hartville, Missouri, or if your locator's on, you'll find us on there. And there's some notes to go along with the message today. Um, and many of you have asked about online giving. There should be a link down here on our church Facebook page that you can, you can click that and it'll help you do that. Uh, our church is involved in supporting a lot of ministries around the world. Nearly a quarter of our budget goes back out to other ministries. So we want to invite you to help us out there because we don't want to let them down. Um, and try not to be hopping around to every church around and stick with one and listen to the whole message, okay? Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be able to have the technology to do this. And even though we can't gather in our buildings, Lord, we're still one in the Spirit. And we just pray that you would um, do your work in our hearts and our lives and that your gospel will continue to spread. And Lord, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Now just join us for a few moments. Our worship team's going to jump in here and, hey, sing out loud. Not everybody can hear you. Just let it rip and worship the Lord with us. Say 
just want you to know that he loves you. That he is jealous for you and all that you do. change it up a little bit and change one of the lines. I want you guys to close your eyes and think of all the times that God has provided for you just this week. And as you sing this next line, just know how much this line is true. Sing how he loves me. He loves me. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you're ready to get the word out and join us here. Like I said, we've got online notes with Version. If you go to events and find Hartville, uh, you'll be able to find some notes that you can go along and use today. Uh, I want to do a shout out to uh, Philip Dowden and uh, Gary Coy. And Curtis is here. He's going to be recording some stuff later for Celebrate Recovery. Uh, CR is going to have things on their page Hartville Celebrate Recovery. So be sure you check that out. There's going to be a lot of stuff on there for, you, for everybody to use. And uh, we're just so thankful we've been able to do this today. But these are some desperate times that we're living in. And I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I would have never, ever even dreamed that I'd be standing here in front of pretty much an empty building. And I, I never would have dreamed that it would have, would have come to this so fast. And, and I, I never would have thought that we would have to meet digitally. And I'm glad that we can do that. And by the way, if, if it keeps pausing and you keep having trouble, uh, we're going to have this online where you can just download it and you can watch it later. So uh, do the best you can. And we'll do the best we can with what we've got. But I'm glad we've got this capability that we can meet like this. But uh, wow, I... Um, I never thought that I wouldn't have the, the opportunity to meet personally today and to not be able to see everybody and to touch and shake hands and things like that. I'm, I'm just that type of person. I'm an extrovert, and um, I, I really need contact with people, right? So I'm really missing everybody today. Uh, if you know the love languages, touch is like my number two. Words of affirmation, by the way, is number one. But anyway, um, so uh, it's really difficult, all this. And uh, so what I'm trying to say is, is after all this, is over, I'm, uh, I'm going to really need some hugs. Uh, not creepy hugs, but you know what I mean, just encouraging. Uh, so this is kind of a tough time for all of us, and the effects of this are, just, are, are devastating. Um, we're not just dealing with a, a virus that's going around, um, but we're also, and we're, praying that, and we're praying all together that this will begin to abate and go away, but there's a lot of other things that we're dealing with dealing with and we got pastors all over trying to connect with people digitally uh and what i'm going to talk about today is something that a lot of pastors are sharing with their congregations and with everyone uh some of us are using a little bit of the similar outline you may hear that so god's trying to get a message across we're going to talk today about faith over fear faith over fear because we've got not just this virus and the threat of that we've also got 
cancellations, um, the stock market, uh, jobs, schools have closed. That's raised the stress factor for a lot of people. Um, you know, along with the social distancing. I mean, I, I, I guess this is a new phrase that we're going to have from now on. Social distancing. Um, stay, what, six feet away from one another. Uh, by the way, my wife's been trying to implement this at home, like, for years. But anyway, I guess now uh, we got it. So, um, but, you know, and so we're dealing with that and, and now empty church buildings and, and we've got restricted travel and, and there's panic. There's panic everywhere. And, and then on top of all of that, uh, we've got a shortage of toilet paper because some of you guys are out there hoarding it. But anyway, it's just adding distress for everybody. But you know what? This reminds me of how vulnerable, how vulnerable we are and, and how quickly what very possibly could be last day of events could be, could be unfolding right in front of us. They could be happening. But you know what? It's not just the danger with this new virus. But you know what? Even if none of us, we pray, gets sick or passes away because of this, I think we have to admit that our lives have all been altered by it, every one of us. And um, some of us are wondering, you know, what are we going to do next? And fear has crept in. Some of us are wondering about... Um, how we're going to make it. A lot of people are just wondering what, what to do. And you, you felt like, you felt like maybe, maybe before this you were almost to the end of your rope. And now you really do feel like you're getting to the end of your rope. You don't know what you're going to do. Well, I like what one guy said one time. What do you do when you get to the end of, the, of your rope? The best thing to do is tie a knot in it and start swinging. <laughs> That's a good advice. But uh, if I'm going to tie a knot in my rope, I want, it to be, I want it to be a good safety knot, right? I want it to not slip. I don't want it to give. And, and, and so a neat thing about it is when I turn to the Scriptures, when I turn to the Word of God, I'm finding out that there are some safety knots, N-O-T-S, like the play on words there, um, that, that will not fail us Ever. We can hold on, and they'll take us through any time that comes along. Because I think about the only thing that spreads faster than the coronavirus right now is fear. Fear spreads so much faster. Now, I don't want to be, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be controlled by fear. I don't want my perspective of life to be dominated by fear. I want God's perspective on this. And that's what I want to do is look in God's word and get his perspective on this. Because he's the one who said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, he said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I want, I want a faith-based perspective on all of this and not a fear-based perspective and, and I'm not going to be afraid. See all these knots that we can have. Not be afraid. Not be anxious. Not be worried. Not be selfish. Not be like everyone else. Not be ashamed. Not be disappointed. And God's word is going to help me do that and help all of us do that. Uh, one of the first knots that I want us to think about is this one. Not surprised. God is not surprised. He's in control. So the first thing I want us to mention and to think about and, and to apply to our lives is the fact that Scripture teaches all the way through that God is not surprised by anything, that God is in control. In Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell 
therein. God is sovereign and God is in control. And Psalm 115.3 says, But our God is in the heaven. He does whatever He pleases. So God's not intimidated by this. He's not constrained by this. God is in control. He's not surprised. So the truth is we live in a sin-cursed world and we live in sin-cursed bodies. And because God created us with a free will, we all have sinned. Not just Adam and Eve sinned and brought that curse on this world, but you and I, we've all sinned. And so the truth is we live in a sin-cursed world. There are bad things, there are diseases, there are tragedies. And then also in our bodies, there's viruses, there's weakness, there's frailty, there's old age. But the thing is, is that the Bible teaches from the very beginning, God had a plan. And that plan unfolds through the pages of scriptures until we come to the New Testament and we see Jesus. And this is the reason why Jesus came. This is why God came down, fully God, yet fully human. And this is the reason why he went to the cross, to bear our sins, to bear that curse, and to redeem us. And so he's come to redeem us both from the sin-cursed world and these sin-cursed bodies. God is in control. God's not surprised. And God has redemption. And people need to hear that today. There's so much bad news. I mean, if you just sit around and listen to the news all day, you're going to be depressed uh, even quicker. Uh, But there's not a lot of good things being said. But that's why you and I, we need to be focusing on and we still need to be sharing what we call good news. You know another word for the good news? It's gospel. And God has good news. I mean, why wouldn't anyone want to hear this good news? And the reason why it's good news is because there's also bad news. The bad news is that we're sinners. The bad news is that we're lost. The bad news is we live in a sin-cursed world. There's all kinds of problems. I need the good news, right? So the good news is such good news because there's bad news. If there wasn't bad news, then the news would just be news, right? And we need to be offering good news now. And I think people are going to be open to it, maybe like never before. God is not surprised. So here's another knot that we want to tie on here. Are you ready? Not afraid. That we live by faith, not by fear. Not afraid. We live by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says that we walk by faith. That means we live by faith, not by sight. So everything that we can see and understand right now, that's not going to dictate to us how we're going to react. It's what we know and trust and believe in our heart from God. Some people are afraid and worried because we're not able to meet in our buildings today. Guess what? Church is not a building. It never, ever was. The word that's translated church in our English New Testaments never, ever refers to a building. It always refers to people. And so we don't go to church. We are the church. Now, it's very important that we not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. Yeah, that is important. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, he reminds us not to forsake assembling and coming together. Uh, and, and, but we've got an opportunity to do something that past generations didn't have. There have been times, many times in the last thousand years that there have been plagues and there have been things and people had to isolate uh, and they didn't have what we have, that we have the capability to still connect in ways that they didn't. So we want to maximize that and we want to use that. And so as the church, what we have always done is not limited to our meeting times in this building. 
this is where we come to be equipped. There's a lot of ministry happens here, and I'm thankful that God gave us this place to meet. And, you know, there are a lot of weeks that there's something going on in the building almost every day. But you know what? The work of this church doesn't happen here, just here. It happens everywhere else. It happens as we go forth, as we're equipped here, and we go out and we, 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 we minister. Uh, we do kingdom work, or he does kingdom work through us as we go. So here's the thing. We're, we're taking the good news into our homes, sharing it with our neighbors. We're sharing it electronically. We're not going into our homes to hoard and to hide. We're still going to shine his light to all the world. Uh, Jesus' words to his disciples in the time in their life when they were very confused. They didn't know what was going to happen. They were very troubled. Remember John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And we can trust in him in a time like this as well. And I like verse, 40, or verse 27 in John chapter 14, verse 27, where he says, Peace I leave, I leave with you. And, and we all need real peace. That tranquility of our spirit that can only come from him. And listen to what he said. Not just peace that he leaves with them and with us. But he says, my peace I give to you. Not like the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And I really like the way the New Living Translation renders this, the Greek. And it really comes forward into our language. And I think it really communicates the essence of what Jesus was saying here. It says in verse 27, he says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. I like that. So see, once again, God's not up there thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't see this coming. What's happening? God already knew God is in control and we don't have to be dominated by fear when we have faith in him because God is faithful. He will not fail you. And God is good. God is in control and God has a plan to use this for good. And we also have the promise in Scripture that the writer of Hebrews quotes from the Old Testament in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, that he will never leave us or forsake us. Don't forget verse 6. He says, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So God is at work in all these things and all these situations. You know, there are a couple of, there are several different words in the New Testament that was originally written in a language different than ours, that are translated into our language through the centuries. Um, and one of them is there in the verse I read earlier, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where he said that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That word there, is, this is the only place that as a noun is used here in the New Testament, is right there in that verse. And it's a word that indicates being timid, being intimidated, timidity or dread that's a good word that we could use to describe it is it just being intimidated or dreading but a more common word that's used throughout the new testament is the greek word phobos and that kind of sounds maybe familiar to us because we have our word phobia that comes from that and it is that hit you in the face punch you in the gut type of fear it's used in places like first john chapter 4 verse 18 listen to this it says there is no fear in love talking about his love that love that comes through the gospel. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him don't have to perish, but we can have everlasting life. You know what that everlasting life isn't just when we get to heaven to live wherever in perfection, but that abundant everlasting life starts right now, right here. But he says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So there's at least two types of fear. There's that type of fear there in that verse, the phobos. It's that fear that hits you right in the face. The wave of it just kind of knocks you down. And then there's that other type of fear, the timidity, the dread. It's like the undercurrent where you're intimidated. You're dreading things. You just have that, 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 that slow undercurrent that pulls you down. But listen, you don't have to wake up every day just panicking. We don't have to wake up every day with dread about what's going to happen this coming week and what's going to be next on the news. Because if it, we, we don't have, if you're doing that, then the Holy Spirit is not doing that in your life. That's the enemy doing that. One of the things that the enemy often involves in his terror is fear about what's going to happen or dread about what's going to happen in the future. We serve a God who holds the future in his hands. And we want to be wise. We want to do the things that we can do to help everyone out. Uh, but we don't have to be uh, in a panic mode because we know that uh, we walk by faith and we're not dominated by fear. A lot of people seem to have the philosophy of Charlie Brown. I saw a Charlie Brown cartoon in it and it said, he said to Linus, he says, I've got a new philosophy. I'm only going to dread one day at a time. <laughs> and so that might be better for some of us, right? Um, you know what they say? They say that, what, uh, 80, 80, 85% of what we worry about never happens. Is that right? 80, 85% of what we worry about never happens. So one guy said, I'm just going to worry a whole bunch more, so then maybe nothing bad will happen. But that doesn't work either. That doesn't work either. We don't have to be dominated by worry or by fear or by dread. You don't have to be scared. God's love has been poured into your heart. And he says that it casts out. God's love casts out fear. And the Greek word there is balo. We get the word ball. It's something that is thrown. It throws it out the door. So God's word can drive out, throw fear. It's like God's love is the bouncer. And, and at some point as we're seeking him, he's going to say to that fear, out of here, buddy. And he will cast it out. It has to go because fear paralyzes us. So, God, not surprised, he's in control, not afraid. We walk by faith, not by fear. And then here's one more, not selfish. There's another good one to hold on to. As people that belong to the Lord, we live sacrificially, not selfishly. And, and, and all this stuff going on, you see people trying to look out for themselves and me and mine and things like that. It's getting a little crazy. But we're to be people who live sacrificially. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, he says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. He's talking about humility. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. All right? So people are getting really selfish right now. But as God's people, we're not just to look out for our own interest. We're to be looking out for the interest of others as well. Jesus said that the way that the world would know that we're his disciples is not by the way we hoard toilet paper and, like, huddle in safety. The way that the world's going to know that we belong to him is how much we love each other and how we show that love. 
So we've got a duty to care for the needy. We've got a duty to look out for those who are most vulnerable during this situation. And, um, and that's, why, that's why he tells us this. And, and that's, why, that's why he tells us in, in, in 1 John chapter 3, in verse 17, he says, this is, this is powerful, he says, Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, and he says, shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God, John asked, how does the love of God dwell in him? And so, yeah, um, I mean, there are people going to the store to get things and they can't get things they need because there's maybe some of us that have got not just more than we need, but more than we need for a long, long time. And, you know, that, that, that comes into play here, I think. But uh, this is one way that we show that not selfish, we live sacrificially. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, he says, he reminds us, but the end of all things is at hand. And, and okay, if Peter said that almost 2,000 years ago, maybe we should read it like this. But the end of all things, sure enough, is at hand right now. He says this, he goes, Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. So we're to be serious and we're to be watchful in prayer. Then he said, above all things, listen to this, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Then he goes on to say, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. So we're to do nice things for each other without griping about it. Um, and I've been told, like, even like at home, like, okay, say so like you're a husband and you're going to like help out and you're going to clean the dishes, you're going to empty the dishwasher, you're going to clean the kitchen, that if you gripe about it, you know, saying things like, oh, you know, I'm helping out in here and, you know, but you know what, these dishes would be a lot easier to clean if some of you would just like rinse them out first, right, and not let stuff dry on it and you start griping about everything. I've been told that whatever, whatever blessing that you were intending to give for the person you're doing this for, you totally suck the whole thing dry right there, right there. It's a fail. Uh, so he reminds us to be hospitable without grumbling. Oh, I'm a little bit of conviction right here about you guys, all right? Then he goes on to say, as each one has received a gift, minister to one another or serve one another like good stewards or good managers of the manifold grace of God. The grace of God is so many-sided, and we're stewards of that as we share God's grace through our lives with others. He goes on in verse 11 and says, if anyone speaks... Let him speak as the oracles of God. If we're going to speak, we need to speak God's truth. Because that's the only thing that's true. And it's the only thing that's going to help us. And he says, if anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability that God supplies. That, and here's the whole point of all this. Is that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we're not selfish we're sacrificial. How about one more? One more is this. We're not going to hide. That we shine the light, not hide the light. You remember what Jesus told in the Sermon on the Mount about being that light? We're like a city set on a hill. We're the light of the world. We don't cover it. We shine it. And though we have to kind of isolate ourselves, that doesn't mean we hide the light. It means we're still going to shine the light. Listen, we've got hope that no virus can kill. 
People keep asking, when are things going to get back to normal? I mean, I've actually said that. When are things going to get back to normal? Well, you know what? I don't think things maybe need to get back to what we called normal. Maybe God has a new normal for us because it could be that normal had become being comfortable, being safe, being stuffy as a church. Maybe normal was actually being lukewarm. I don't know that God wants us to get back to that normal. So we got great potential here that as this crisis begins to lift, we don't just go right back to the rut we were in. God's wanting to do a powerful work through us. He wants us, and this has been a call for us, to wake up. So we need to wake up. We need to stand up. We need to be bold. And we need to shine his light like never before into this dark world. It might be that people's routines have been interrupted enough that some people, for the first time in their life, are open to seek God. And that's not, that's not enough. They need to find God's truth. They need to have someone that they know. They may not tune into our podcast. They may not, when we can gather, come to church. But they know you. And they visit with you. They need someone like you that knows the Lord and is equipped to just share the good news with them. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be some expert. You just have to know the Lord and just know something about His Word. They know less than you do. You can share what you know. But that's an encouragement for us to keep growing and to keep learning. So He wants us to spread the good news. Now, all through this whole thing that... Um, this week, I don't, I've been saying this, and people told me to stop saying it, but I'm going to say it again, and that is, this is kind of our, our, our word for the week, the last few weeks, is that we need to spread the good news. Spread the good news, not the virus, right? Spread the good news, not the virus, okay? And that's what God wants us to do. Um, see, the truth is, is that every one of us, every one of us is a bit contagious. I mean, people who hang around you and people who are close to you, they're affected by what you have. They're affected by who you are. And you know what? I want to be a carrier, not of the virus, but of the good news. And I want it to spread, and I want to be contagious with the good news to everybody that I come in contact with. You can't get near. I pray that God wouldn't be able to get near you without someone being affected you hear about all these people who have been exposed and been affected. I pray that everybody that gets near you are going to be exposed to the gospel. If you're contagious, I think you need to have something worth catching. How about God's truth? So think about it. Think about how awesome it's going to be one of these days, you know, if they find a cure, something that like really cures this virus really fast. That would be awesome. Or maybe they have a vaccine to prevent it. That would be really awesome. That would be really good. But you know what? We've got something even better. We have got good news that can not only heal a physical sickness, it can actually cure something more important, spiritual sickness. It can heal your soul as well as your body. And you know what? Even when Jesus came, he said, I didn't come for the healthy, I came for the sick. He didn't come for the righteous, he came for sinners. And you know what? People need Jesus at a time like this. You know, God just didn't tell us that he loves us. God just didn't shout from heaven, hey, I love you. God came down on earth and he shouted it from the cross. Listen, we have real hope and we have hope that endures. 
God's not surprised. Therefore, we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to be selfish. And we don't have to hide. We can shine the light. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I pray that you would help us to do just this. And I pray, Lord, that we would continue to seek you even more fervently. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to let your love flow through us onto others. And that you're going to show us ways that we can connect with one another. And you're going to show us ways that we can connect with those who are afraid and they're in panic mode. And, Lord, they're lonely and they're seeking for answers. And so, Heavenly Father, help us, Lord, to be ready to give your answers. However means that we can use, help us to do that. And may you get all the glory and the praise forever. Amen. Now, let me just say one more thing before we sign off. And that is, if you've got a prayer request or you have something like that, um, private messages here at our church Facebook page. Uh, don't put it in the comments because some of it might need to be private. Some of it might need to be, you know, it might be information that doesn't need to be out there. But and we, we're very sensitive and protective about that. But if you want prayer, we would like to call your name before our Father's throne. We would like to pray for you. So please be praying for us. So do that. And um, if you're concerned about uh, giving, uh, then you can mail that to the church, P.O. Box 124, Hartville, Missouri, 65667. Uh, or check out our online giving link uh, or something like that. And so I want you to stay tuned also for things that are going to be coming up and opportunities and also uh, Celebrate Recovery is going to be having opportunities as well. So check out that page. Thank you. God bless you.